Hello, everyone, and welcome to Improvise Till You Make It. I'm Blake. I'm Henry. And we're Henry, Henry and Blake. Blake. Ta-da. Ta-da. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is a podcast all about the improv mindset and how to apply improv principles offstage to the benefit of living a brighter, fuller, more exciting life. Uh, and on this podcast, we talk with other great improvisers about their thoughts on the improv mindset, how they apply it in their daily lives. And we also use these stories that come up to create hilarious hilarious improv scenes done on the spot. Uh, so that's what's going to happen today. I think that's a good enough intro for a first episode. What do you guys think? I think it's pretty, pretty solid. I'm all right with it. Uh, I'm not officially here yet. Oh, that's right. I haven't introduced you. <laughs> uh-uh, we, are joined, we are joined today by the one and only Kevin Napier. Uh, Kevin, uh, thank you so much for being with us today. Yes. Uh, Kevin is a fellow improviser who's been living in Berlin for how long now? Just over a year. Just over a year. And he has decided to join us. So what we want on this podcast is to talk about the improv mindset. And we want to bring in other people who also uh, believe in the power of the improv mindset. Other improvisers who have seen the beauty of uh, adding improv to your, your life uh, off stage, And uh, Kevin agreed to be with us on our first episode. Kevin, thanks so much for being here. Thank right, you. You're welcome. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, well, we're really excited to have you. So, uh, Kevin, what is your relationship to improv? How, I mean, tell us a little bit about where you're, yeah, how much time, have, how, how much improv have you done? I've done in- improv on and off for ages. Like, I would say... Uh, Oh, oh my God! I would say about eighteen years on and off. Eighteen, 18. years. Yeah. Okay. And because you- because I went to my first long form improv show at UCB, uh, just because it was like five bucks, and I think I think it was one of the first dates with one of my girlfriends. Oh, nice! And I was like, oh my mm-hmm. God, five bucks! Oh, and I had friends who had gone there for a New Year's <laughs> party. That's how I knew about UCB. They'd gone there the previous New Year's for a New Year's party, and I was like, oh, that sounds like a good five buck thing to do. And then I saw two Harold teams, one of which was terrible and one of which was great. Okay. And the great one was Mother and they've gone on to do a bunch of great stuff. And, All yeah. right. So, so you- anyway, so that got me and then I took classes and then I just have on and off done it like with periods of letting it go and then coming back to it. But it's, uh, yeah, it's great. All it's right. one of those things that I was like, oh, even if I'm not good, it's worth doing. Yeah, so, right. Um, and now you're really, really good. It, it, sometimes. It's Kevin. No, sometimes it, it, it's really interesting, but I, it's one of those things that like talking about the improv mindset, it did, it did affect my thinking about a lot of things. Cause I was like, Oh, you don't need to be good for this being worth doing. Oh, we're yeah. going to dig so, so <laughs> deeply into that. I'm really excited. Uh, That's the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Well, we wanted to uh, give our, our, our guests the chance to present, present themselves in a way that maybe they don't normally get to. So I think we had a question for Kevin uh, that we thought would be fun for you to answer, to, just to get the, get, give the audience a little bit more about, about Kevin Napier. Yeah. So Kevin, uh, what is your normal superpower? The most normal thing from a day-to-day life that makes you a superhero. Your super normal superpower. I don't. I mean, you guys got to explain that a little more. Like what? So what I can give you an like? example. Yeah. yeah. So my super normal superpower is the capacity to take a nap whenever during the day. <laughs> Blake saw me like that can be on trains, that can be literally in the street, that can be on a bench. Um, all of that on command for 10 minutes and for the life of me i get so much training now that i can wake up after 10 minutes oh my god that is a real superpower <laughs> i don't have any, i mean i don't even know where to begin i don't have anything like that like okay uh my super normal superpower is that i i can eat the same thing every single day 
and enjoy it as if it was the first time I've ever eaten that thing. Oh, I, I mean, I don't want to piggyback on yours, but you, you can piggyback but, on but mine. But that's one thing is I can do like I can eat eggs every day, except it'll give me a heart attack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, the other thing I can do. It's a it's a very specific thing, but it's like for years I was an editor, like a film and TV editor, and I once I like a piece of song, I never get sick of it. Like I can listen, I can edit listening to the same song. And people be like, "Don't you get sick of it?" And I'm like, if I like the song, I never get sick of it. Ooh, that like, is a superpower. Yeah, I know because a lot of editors are like, "How do you?" And I'm just like, I don't know. Once it works for me. It works. Yeah, like I'm just like, oh, it's cool. I like it. I don't like. I was editing a music video not that long ago, and I was just like, oh, I like the song. Yeah, and I don't get sick of it. Man, that's magical. I can tell you, as a musician, <laughs> like a, a DIY musician who's recorded his own stuff. Man, I never thought I would get sick of my own music. But when you're really editing, edit, editing, editing the recordings, there are times. You know, you're listening to like a three second segment of a song on repeat for about, a, I don't know, an hour sometimes, depending yeah. upon what you're doing. And I've, I'm just thinking, like, if I hear myself sing that verse one more time, <laughs> so that's, that's magical. It's funny, you just made me think about this. You can cut this out if it's too much. But, like, I think in general, like, if I like something, if the co, like, if it, if it meshes with me in a way I like, mm -hmm. it, I generally just like it. Like, if it's food, if it's, like, it, it's not um, temper, uh, temperamental. Yeah. It like, it's like it if I like a person, forever. like, of course, there'll be moments where that person will annoy me. But like, even I had a conversation with someone about falling out of love. And I was like, I don't know that I fall out of love. I think it's just at a certain point, you're like, oh, that person doesn't feel like the right person to be with or whatever. Hap I don't know. How to, this is much off a field. But but once you like something, you just like it. I kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> That's and if I don't like something, it's got it. Something's got to happen. forever. <laughs> kind of yeah like if that is i think that's a great super normal superpower once i like something i just like it forever and i, I mean, don't have I'm to worry now, about it i'm sure there's gonna be a million exceptions to that but just offhand i'm like yeah no i think I so let's just get right into the thick of it gentlemen shall we uh Today we are talking about, as this is the first in a series of episodes uh, on this podcast about the improv mindset uh, based on the improv manifesto, which Henry and I wrote. Henry, maybe you can just tell a little bit about the improv manifesto. Uh, so when Blake and I stumbled into improv a couple of years ago, we realized that all the principles and values that we were using in order to become better improvisers on stage were actually very transferable to our life in general. And as we decided to bring the knowledge of improv uh, to the world and sharing with people, with companies, we decided to structure that thinking and that mindset around the manifesto, who is composed with three principles and 14 values. Um, and that's, that's how we articulated that mindset. Exactly, yeah. And so the idea behind this podcast is essentially we're going to dedicate an episode to each principle and each value of the improv mindset of the, in the improv manifesto. And as this is episode zero, uh, we thought it would be good to just have a general overview. What is the improv mindset? That's the topic of today. What's the improv mindset? What is the mindset that improvisers are using when they're on stage to create these amazing scenes together uh, on the spot? And how does it apply or does it apply to our daily lives? And uh, yeah, we'd just love to hear your thoughts on that, Kevin. So, wow. yeah, I mean, you, you're, you're in for the beginning, you know, that's, oh, wow. that's a big responsibility um, on your shoulders. I don't know where to start. 
Um, well, maybe let's start here. Uh, when we keep, Henry and I use this, of course, this is our, maybe our own terminology, as in maybe nobody has any idea what we're talking about. We get each other, but maybe our base reality has not been shared <laughs> with the world. Uh, what do you understand the improv mindset to be? For myself? Yeah, what does yeah. it mean to you? Um, it, it, I mean, obviously, there's a yes end, and... I mean, do I need to explain that or do we? I don't think there's, there's no must. Okay. Just, so I feel like yes end has been pretty well explored mm. though. Though I think it's a little, I think I view it a little different than some of the other explanations I've heard, which yeah. is just like okay. the idea of, to me, yes end is just like accepting some, someone's offer and then building on it, but building on it from your point of view and yourself. So that the two of you are building something together yeah. from like their point of view and your point of view. So I think that. I like an improv and I like that in life. Mm. Um, and then I, I had a, a, I have a friend, I have a friend who used to teach a lot of improv and his overall philosophy, like he'd have all these students who want to like have these big discussions. He's like, I'll have the big discussions, but it really always boils down to the same thing, which is listen and have fun. Yeah. And I feel like that goes a long way in improv and that goes a long way in life. Listen and have fun. Yeah, because like <laughs> listen is really just like be present. You know what I mean? Like really just give your attention to someone, which is always such a great gift. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing feels better than someone giving their attention to you. And if you can give that back. And so if you can give that, if you can do that and then have fun, like look at the situation and go like, Oh, how can we make this fun? Yeah. That's, I think that works on stage and I think that works great in life. And I would, the last caveat is I think fun can be a, an interesting term in terms of, it's not just like goofy, but it's like, what kind of, in, are you enthusiastic about what turns you on? Or like yeah. what makes this kind of dynamic? And I think those things go a really long way on yeah. stage and in life. Finding your fun as per what do I want? What do I enjoy? What am I passionate about? Yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think those, that I think would the, is the most succinct way I can say, oh, that's sort of my improv what was the term you manifesto the improv mindset mindset, yeah. improv yeah. mindset and how that sort of bleeds into life well I, I i couldn't agree more find your fun is uh value number Actually. nine on the improv oh, manifesto right. uh, and it's exactly that yeah i mean i think that's that's really uh i think that's a, i like this idea listen and have fun what a succinct way to kind of sum things up what the improv mindset could mean or what you know mm -hmm. what what is the mentality that improvisers have on stage that makes them able to do this um I wonder, Kevin, if you have any thoughts on, like, so Henry and I are obviously very biased. We believe that improv is something that, that I mean, it's like, a, for us, it's a life philosophy at this point. Mm. Uh, so, of course, we're biased coming into this. Do you think that this mindset or that the things that improvisers are doing on stage, are they, how applicable are they off stage? What's, what, how realistic is what we're saying in, in your mind? And you can tell us that we're full of it because <laughs> I'd love to have I, I, uh... I think I think it's very applicable. Like I think everybody has to find their own path, like in terms of what works for them and yeah. what. But I think, yeah, I think a lot of the things you're pursuing in improv really dovetail with life in a huge way. Because I think it's a it's an it's an amazing art form to me in that it it kind of is one of the closest. Or I, I think it's as an art form, it's the closest to sort of really speaking philosophically to life in that you start with nothing you end with nothing <laughs> you know what i mean it's like like nothing lasts and i mean that's the truth of life is like you you can convince yourself it all lasts but it doesn't 
you start with nothing, you go through a journey, then you end with nothing. And yeah. hopefully people remember bits and pieces and hopefully yeah. they remember the best parts. And that's like what improv is. The that's ephemeral exactly. aspect of improv. Yeah, it's, it's so, and I can't think of another art form that more like just embodies, embodies that. that. Yeah. That's what yeah. I was looking for. Um, so as a macro thing, I think, yeah, a lot of the stuff you're pursuing in improv really does dovetail with life. Cause it's like, what makes the journey worthwhile? Be that the improv journey or the life journey. Right. So, we cut to a writer's room. Uh, there is a, uh, a very old writer at the table. He's disheveled. He's been clearly working very hard, sleepless nights. He's got just empty coffee cups everywhere, plates all around him. Beside him are his two disciples who have been following him uh, for years as he's been going on this journey. And we see as he's just finishing up one of his masterpieces. <sighs> oh, gentlemen, here it is. It's finished. My greatest play. I've finished the screenplay. Oh, God. Master. Master, could I, could I take a peek? You can take a peek after I toss it into the fireplace. What? <gasps> no! What? No! No! no. Yes. Master, why? <sighs> I'm going in after it. Don't. No! Oh. No! <laughs> Ow! Oh, God. Oh, yes. You burned your hand, didn't yes, you? I, I did. Yes. Well, this was a lesson, Master. It was a lesson to both of you. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah, I think, I think I see it. Like, Josh lost his hand. Is it lost? Have you it's, lost it's it? It's pretty lost. Yeah, it's pretty burned. Maybe yeah, put a put not, a bandage around nothing, that. Nothing, nothing's gonna save it now. Don't it's bleed gone. on the manuscripts, no, Josh. No, it's cauterized. Yeah, oh, it's, not, it's not bleeding. Okay, good. I guess we're fine. Um, so lo- losing losing our hands for for saving knowledge is that is that the lesson? That's exactly the lesson I wanted to teach you. Though, admittedly. Leonardo, I wish it was you who had lost your hand. Frankly, Josh has more beautiful handwriting, but... Uh, oh, n- not anymore, Master. Oh, then, okay, all right. I'll take oh. that a bit personally, but that's fine. Well, no, now, listen, the, the idea is exactly that. You see, you tried to save something. There's nothing to be saved. This life is so fleeting, so... I, I, I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying, Master. I do wish... That somewhere on the description on the website or in the Yelp reviews, they mentioned that we wouldn't actually be reading any completed works. Well, I thought that, it was pretty self-explanatory. No, not to me, Leonardo. The website no, says, not, not really just, write with Master Raphael. It does not say, read the finished writing I, with Master well, Raphael. I was of the assumption. Hmm? Yeah, I'm just wondering what, what, what are we going to take away from that class? Really? Yeah, I mean, this just, was not... Yeah. How dare you? Question... My methods. I didn't become Master Raphael for nothing, gentlemen. Come now. <laughs> I mean, it, with, with all your respect, I mean, um, um, that's it, it's true that we never really, I never read anything from, from you, Mr. Raphael. Yeah. Like, I mean, I never, did you come across no, anything, Josh? I, I mean, read, it was a recommendation anything. online. Has anyone, I mean, has anyone ever read anything you've written? No. Not even I, myself, have read what I've written. Once it's written, it's gone. It's over. Like life. Once a life is written, it's finished. What, what, what could there possibly be to gain from reaching back into the past and rehashing old ideas and rereading old scripts? Tell me, gentlemen, what is to be gained? It's just knowledge or, you know, just, you know, some Yeah, just like rereading. Like if you just lost something and you want to like reread uh, a yeah. part. Or if you want to like, I don't know, just give the book to a friend, for if example. Just like like s- just passing knowledge, like physically, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Or just yeah. if you're sitting on a beach and you want to pass the time. like hmm. That is an interesting point. Right. Never really considered keeping my work and passing it on to further generations. 
I mean, Although he, I do feel like you did learn a valuable lesson today, didn't you, Josh? Uh, Although we haven't... Burns. <laughs> that fire burns. That's yes. correct. That's a lesson that you didn't need to read anything to learn, did you? Yes. I, that, no, that's, I mean, I guess that's pretty solid. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. that's worth that's worth the 150 euros. I mean, I that's yeah, pretty, kind, right. of, kind of... I, I guess. I mean, I'm just... I'm just impressed with how well I'm taking it. <laughs> the fact that I've burned off my hand. And I mean, you're you're definitely impressing me right now. Yeah, like, thank uh, Josh, you. Yeah. You're, you're I would have thought there'd be more tears from you, frankly. Yeah, no tears. No tears. No Good tears. job. Tell me, gentlemen, today was the final day. What will you be writing on your review of the class? Um, honestly, I'll be... I'm, I'm going to say that you don't really get much out of it. I mean, you definitely lose things. I mean, I'm going to mention the hand. I would just, I feel like I should. I mean, I, I, I really, I really try to sink in this idea of like, you know, life passing by and, and, and just destroying your things like master. I mean, I, I respect your philosophy really deep down. I think I'm going to leave a review online and I'm pretty sure it's going to stay for a long time there. I mean, I'm, I, for example, what do you, what do you do with that? Like, is that, is that Okay. Like, people will be able to read it. Like, it will not be a way. I have two things to say. First of all, you're the best students I've ever had. That's the best answer I've ever been given to this question. You're right. You do lose a lot of things in this class, and you do gain nothing from this class, and that is my methodology. You'll not be walking out of here script in hand. You'll be walking out of here with a mindset, gentlemen, a mindset of loss and love, and that's what life is about. Second thing to say, what makes you think your Yelp review is so permanent in the small, small bit of itself in the pile of other Yelp reviews? It is essentially nothing. It is lost in the sands of Yelp reviews. It is as though it does not exist, even though it does, like life. Don't you see? Yeah, I guess. It's, but other people are going to read it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess, I mean, if, 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 if I write it anonymously, I mean, yeah, of course, of course, like, people will not know who I am, I guess, but, like, the, the thing is still going to be there, like, hmm. I think that's all right. I think it's good. All right, can I can I just ask you a last? I mean, just just a last question. I, I know it's the last day, and I, I know we've been we've been spending months together. Like I mean, I made you these goodie bags to take with you. Here, have one each. All right, thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. Open it up. What's inside? Nothing. Nothing. That's Nothing. right. Oh, yeah, yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. One final parting lesson. Wonderful. Go ahead. Ask your silly question. Um, I mean. No, actually, I think I get it. I mean, looking at that bag and like going out with really nothing, like I, I mean, I'm still happy that like I did not lose my hand, but I mean, I think thanks for the lesson, Master Josh. Thank you for going for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess if losing my hand helped you, that's yeah something. I guess I guess that's what we can take away. Yeah, then, right? no, exactly. And we've been doing that together. I think it's yeah. good. I take so that. I'm glad I've given you something you can take away. I. What? Yeah, I'm sorry, but you. Take, oh. this, take this knowledge. Thank you so Leonardo. much, Joss. Yeah, I mean, God, actually, I, I, like I just this, thank you this now. This is great. Yeah. Oh, my God. You you will not be taking anything yeah, from this no, room. I think we're both taking something away from this room. I mean, I feel bounded to you more. And <gasps> yeah, I think that, too. like, yeah, I learned from you. This is horrible. Everything has gone horribly wrong. Leave now and tell no one you came. Tell no one you saw me. Tell no one you well, met we're me. definitely going to tell Yelp. Uh, yeah, and I mean, you know what? Let's go to the hospital. I'll, I'll, let's share a little bit more about what oh, we learned thanks. today. Yeah. Yeah. Stop yeah. sharing. No yeah. sharing. All right. Thank no. you, Master. Bye. And scene. <laughs> <laughs>
who's your end doing, uh, Kevin? Now, uh, I kept it in a fist the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was watching you, like, just, like, <laughs> just having the fist so hard, it's like really believing that but, the hand was gone. I mean, not to get too philosophical, but please the, do. But that was an in, because in that scene, what what is interesting is uh, the second. Con- well, this is not really improv, but this is life, which is like everything is f- ephemeral, but yeah. yet making commitments and building stuff is worthwhile, but it's sometimes hard to know what is worth holding on to and what is worth letting go of. Yeah. Because you can get, I feel like you can go on both sides where like you can get really attached to this idea of you're building something and things are like, what's going to live after I die? What's going to live after I die? Mm. And then the other side, which a lot of that is nonsense, but then the flip side is like, well, everything's ephemeral. Yeah. So why, why sort of, do any why commit to anything why not just fly free and then that is kind of nonsensical too yeah this isn't related to improv i i disagree i think it's i think it's related entirely to improv i mean i think it comes back to your earlier point of this idea of you know like improv for the sake of improv you know what i mean like sort of every scene kind of exists just for itself and then it's gone it's gone forever and sometimes they're magical Mm -hmm. i mean i've laughed harder at improv scenes uh, that i've seen on stage than most anything i've ever laughed at i just there's something that for me it just it goes right to my my funny bone and it just and i think the point is it's worth it just because it exists, you know, and, and, and it doesn't need to be recorded and kept for posterity. It's, it's just that. And I think that's for me, one of the things that I think is so beautiful about improv. When you sit down as, as an audience member, or when you get on stage as an improviser, you do so knowing that whatever happens is gone. As soon as it happens, no one's going to see it again. No one's ever going to hear from an event. It could be the best piece of theater ever in all of history. And it will never be kept. And that's there's something really beautiful about that that concept of like you build something just to let it go. You know? Yeah, no, 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 no. I know, and I love that. Uh it's it, interesting, yeah. Yeah, it, it it makes me think like I would I would just build on that by saying that the is I, I came across in improv, like people who don't know about improv come, are coming to you and some of them think it's magical, right? I mean, that was also my first experience. Like, you get into a theater, and when you see a good improv team putting something together, you're just mesmerized. It's just like, how is that possible? It must be scripted. It's the best laughter you ever get. Like, it's powerful. And at the other end of the spectrum, you get people who, oh, who just will, will tell you, oh, okay, yeah, improv. Yeah, but it's just for fun, right? I mean, it's it's not serious. It's not important. It's like, you know, it's just, it's, it's not really an art form. Like in France, especially, for example, in, especially like people take theater as this beautiful Académie Française hard, serious level. That's serious. And improv, because it's funny, because it's just improvised, it's not serious. Well, actually, I, t- I tend to disagree, like to move back to, to that thing. It has sense and purpose. And to do good improv, you, you need to put energy into it and you need to put effort. So it's serious as playful. It's yeah. What's the what's the term here? Um, uh, Kleinkunst. Kleinkunst is that what Kleinkunst. it's called? Yeah, ah, they say that in German. Oh. Yeah, I think uh, Matilda <laughs> oh, was saying that that it's uh, yeah. There's this term Kleinkunst, and I think improv would be viewed as Kleinkunst. You referred to uh, in uh, when I was asking you the first question, you referred to improv as an art form. 
Yeah, I think it is. Absolutely. So can you talk a little bit about what that means? Like, in what way is improv an art form? And, and what might you say to the naysayers who, who would say that it's a Kleinkunst? I, I would not say anything to the naysayers because they're just, they're, they have their opinion. And the fact mm. of the matter is, if you've gone to see a number of bad improv shows, you're not going to think it's an art form. That's true. You I mean, there's just no way. And you can't, because I've had this discussion with you, you can't, ex, you can't, you can't defend improv against bad improv. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah, you're right. If you've seen shitty improv, it's not going to be magical to yeah. you. Um, but if you've, if you've seen a lot and I, and I think if you've seen stuff that's really moved you and it's, to me, it's unequivocally an art form and it's such a unique art form because a little bit of what we were talking about before that, like you start with this thing that there's nothing when you start, you go on this journey and it's, it's really a fascinating journey because it's the performers are on the journey, but also the audiences too. And not just in the way it is in a play, but the audience is directing the journey because it's like what the audience laughs at, where the audience puts its attention as performers, you always are picking up on that. So that's then affecting your choices. So this is this incredible symbiotic relationship. And when it works, it's so great. Like it's just magical to either be an audience member or a participant in a way that, like, I can't think of another art form that's like this. And I did think of this uh, a few days ago, but I was like, because sometimes people, like, I've heard people literally say this, like, you know, uh, improv, it's just like, it's just for the improvisers, like, masturbation. And it's like, okay, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, there's a lot of porn of people masturbating. Like, sometimes (laughs) watching people masturbate can work. porn is the first (laughs) thing that people are masturbating to. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if that's... And I don't think it's... And I don't think it's masturbation. Because what they were saying is that it's performer masturbation and you as an audience are just watching performers Mm. symbolically masturbate. And so as a joke, I'm like, oh, you watch porn that people masturbate. But really, I think what's great about improv when it works is that you're, as an audience member, you are a participant because you are truly guiding that journey, yeah. especially with good improvisers because they're just paying attention to your silences. And I, I think like, that I just love that. I yeah. love this, uh, this uh, like comparison to masturbatory pornography. <laughs> Honestly, like it works for some people. So <laughs> even, if, even if improv is just performers masturbating, there is something innately wonderful about watching people enjoy themselves. Like when watch one of the great things about improv is when you, I think the best improv performances that I've seen is when you see people up there really having fun. I mean, really enjoying themselves. Mm. And I think the same can be said who here has seen a bad play where you can tell it's like closing night. The actors have done this play a hundred times. They're going through the motions. They're just trying to get to the end. And you can see that they're not enjoying themselves. And even if they're world-class actors, even if it's a world-class performance, a world-class piece, that lack of genuine enjoyment, just as an audience member, you're like, well, I'm not really enjoying it either. I think, you know, there's so much to be said for that. Yeah, totally. And uh, the, the, this is a really cool idea. I'd never thought about it myself, but uh, the idea that like that the audience and the and the and the players and improv are discovering it at the same time—that's that's something that I love about it. It's so cool to discover these things together. But that the audience is a direct like they're part of the creative process. Yeah. I never thought about that no, aspect of you yeah. know the audience is creating the story as as much as the improvisers yeah. are based on their reactions, right? Yeah, totally. And I, that's one of my favorite things. Like is. Just just when you're your 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 story about your friends mentioning masturbation when 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 he's been seeing improvisers on stage i think what he referred to and a lot of, i mean that's something that i thought a lot is like this arrogance of go, of stepping up on stage you know in any art forms it's like look at me like i have something to show and like now it's just uh, it, it's kind of like an exhibitionist like 
urge in some ways. And what I found interesting with improv is it's maybe the only art form in a way where there is a real communication, where it's not that much, as, as, as we said, like about you as a performer, but it's more like the, the scene that you're creating. It's not about yourself, really. Like it's embedded into the, the philosophy of improv that you're not going to do that alone. You're going to do that with an audience and with partners on stage. Mm. And I think that this is really, really interesting because it's kind of masturbating together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're going that way. Okay. Well, I didn't realize that our podcast was going to be uh, like adult only, but uh, I guess, you know, that's the way it goes. What can you tell us about uh, the way that you feel improv may have altered the way that you kind of operate in the in the everyday world? Or is there is there anything that you sort of personally take off the stage and you're like, thank God I do improv, I feel this, or I get to experience that? Or how does it affect your day-to-day, I guess? I, I think one of the hardest things I had to adjust to with improv, and it's the, one of the hardest things I had to adjust to in life, and there is the two, which is you can't make stuff happen in improv. Like, you can't, like... You, you, if you force stuff, it's just, it doesn't work. Even, even the process of learning improv, you can't, it's not like learning a language. It's like, you can't just learn the rules and do the rules and it all should work. Right. And it's like, and you just sit, I know I've been this way and I see it. It's like, you just want to follow mm. the rules and you're yeah. trying to, you're trying to figure out what the formula and the code is. And then you're like, once I know what the code is, I just learn those steps and then it'll work. Yeah. And improv, I feel like almost like the improv gods almost actively punish you for that (laughs) because they're just like you're trying to make stuff happen rather than just being there but anyways i think that that was probably especially early on the hardest no not early on all through my life it's that trying to make sense of that idea of like Hmm. you're you want to learn and you want to be focused but you also have to be loose you're trying to find that in life too that sweet spot between being too tight and too loose that like perfect sweet spot, which I think they do talk about in Buddhism too. Like and, the, and too tight. By too tight, too loose, what are you referring to? To me, like too tight is like, these are the rules and I'm going to try and follow the rules. Okay. Or like, you know, like what is improvisers, you always talk about with the game and you start to yeah. get like very thinky about the yeah. game. And it just, and you just see the magic and the fun go out immediately. Yeah. But if you're too loose and you're just like, I'll do whatever I want. It's like, it's, it's a mess. Yeah, right. And all those rules and everything, they're all just guideposts to get you to that place of being present, having that thing we talked about earlier, that relationship with your partner, mm. the relationship with the audience. And I think those are this, that idea is applicable to life too. Most things in life are like guide, like guiding concepts, but they're not the end. There's no, uh, there's no grand arbiter yeah, right. of anything. Improv is good for that. It's kind of like empowering. It's getting back to like, yeah, just play it, do it, experience and like, and, and find a way where it's loose and you don't have to think about the rule. You just leave it. We cut to a, a beat up sedan driving very, very quickly down the highway uh, and a couple of people hanging out in the car on a road trip. Uh, Dave? Dave? Yeah, yeah, what, what, Dave? Carl, Carl, Dave? Carl, what? You're freaking me out. You missed the turnoff. It said St. Louis exit now and hey. you just didn't exit. Well, it, there, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful sunset. There's just some beautiful birch trees. So, hey, we're going to get there. We'll figure it out. Yeah, well, it's just, hey, the, 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 the signs are just a suggestion. And at least that's how I view it. Dave, we've been in this car for 15 hours. I'm ready to get to St. Louis. Okay, but has it been a beautiful 15 hours? I mean, parts of it, yeah. Right, Kansas City's not not that incredible to look at, well, but right. I mean, you got to take a little bit of that. But I mean, we got we got some beautiful cows. 
We got the cows. Right? Well, you insisted on taking a 15-mile detour to go find the cows. Yeah. That was amazing, wasn't it? <laughs> Dave, I mean, it was amazing, but don't you ever get tired of this, like, philosophy of just, oh, it's just, a, everything's just a guidepost, everything's just a guidepost. I mean, like, your whole life, everything you do takes so much longer than it has to. That's true, but I feel like I really suck the life out of life. You suck the life out of life? Yes. I mean, granted, I haven't had a relationship or uh, a meaningful occupation, but I feel like on some well level, I have experienced uh, the most of what life can offer. Do you buy that? I, I don't want to be rude here, okay? I, 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 you're my friend. I want to support you. Uh, you've been living, you've been having a lot of fun. You've been having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I paid for this rental car. I paid for the gas that goes in it. I am paying for your hotel when we get to St. Louis. I'm doing this cause I'm your friend, but man, like, Hey, we're 45. All right. Mm-hmm. And it, and like, I still have to pay for everything. Well, that's the choice you've made. Like we all <laughs> contribute in our own way. Like, look at it this way. You would not have had these 15 hours, this journey, if it hadn't been for me. And I wouldn't have had the vehicle for those 15 hours if it wasn't for you. So I feel like this is really symbiotic. Uh, guys, uh, oh, I he mean... Woke up. He woke up. That's... I think that's the last time I'm going on the holidays with you guys. I mean, seriously, like, it's always the same thing. We spend the whole time in the car <laughs> having discussions, philosophical discussions on life. I... I, I want to drink. I want to drink right now. I mean, Carl, I'm on your side. That's why I'm dying to get to St. Louis. We both just want to get to St. Louis. And we got Dave over here, you know, reminiscing on, on the cows that he had to oh go out God. of the way to see. That reminds me of the time I was in Big Sur. It was a crazy time. It was we like, know about the time oh, you were in Big Sur. Right. I told you guys that? You told us that. Oh, you told man. us that about six times on this road trip. Did, are you sure? Because I could tell you again. I mean, it's I, about the time I, I had some bourbon with Henry Miller. Bourbons with Henry Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know, yeah. I know, you guys know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I guess we got to make some more memories. Let's go. Mm, yeah. All right, Dave, that's it. Dave, pull over. Pull over. Stop the car. Stop the car. Pull over. All right, Carl. Carl and Carl, you guys are the worst. Wait, are you drinking in the car? Oh, that's All it. Right. Oh, man, Fuck I've that. been waiting Fuck for that. that. Yeah. All right, that's cool. Carl, too? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Give that Here to Carl one. Wait a second. This is pretty illegal, guys. I'm not really hey. sure. Uh, man, I mean, at some point, let's enjoy. Can yeah, we just enjoy, enjoy one more day? Hey, come on. I mean, I'm on life. Dave's side right now. Like, and let's cut see. to prison cell. Jail All right. Cell. See, guys, I told you. I told you. Rules are rules, and they are there for a reason. And look where we wound up hey, now. Hey, I want to introduce you to a new friend of mine, Bubbo. Bubbo, you want to say, hey, guys? Wow. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> All right, we cut back to food. <laughs> Bubbo, uh, it's very nice to <clears throat> meet you in this uh, jail cell. Yeah, you guys, your buddy here, man, he really is speaking my language because me and him, we just, uh, you know, we're, we're thinking about busting out of here. Yep. I got a dinghy. I mean, that my- fun. Carl, are that you... Are, fun. Carl, you... Kn- Dave, you got Carl on the Bubbo's side? Yeah, I mean... Busting out of here is completely against the rules. And it's wrong. It's against the rules to conspire to bust out of here. Come on, man. 
Just enjoy a bit. Yeah, just be here now. Can you just be? Yeah, man, right here, right now. Come on. Oh, I am here, right here, right now. I am right here in a jail cell in St. Louis wearing wearing jail uniforms. They took my shoelaces, guys. Oh, they took your shoelaces? Of course they took my shoelaces. Oh, God, that's... That's suicide. They said I looked very stressed when I came in, and they said they didn't trust me with my shoelaces. You can't stay here any longer, because, man, they're they're trying to take the life out of you. You're suicidal. They're trying to crush your soul. Well, what do you suggest, Bubbo? Should I just hang out in prison for a couple more years? Maybe that'll get my 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 no, lust for life no, back. No, no, I'm saying you should bust out. I'm <gasps> killing you. Get on that dinghy and let's go down to Rosarita. Yeah, man, Carl. I'm on that side. I mean, look at that. Look how much fun we got. Yeah. Carl, where did you get a spoon? We haven't even been fed yet. You're gonna dig your. Where did you? What are you gonna do I with that? Stop it! Stop that, Carl. I gave him the spoon. Ah, uh, yeah. When you need something bigger, Bobo, do you have anything? Uh, oh yeah, me. I got my big the nail on my big toe. That's a sizable piece of. Oh, that's my man. <laughs> Look at him. He's yep. incredible. That's generally how a, a, a burrow out. Guys, that's a secret weapon. Jail is not supposed to be fun. We're supposed to be in here to think about what we've hey, done, and you hey, guys aren't. Hey, thi- Carl, one. Okay, it's supposed to be whatever we want to make of it. Okay, that is the right idea. Bobby's right. Bobby's really right. I never get that much fun. That's the best holidays we ever had. All right, now you're just fucking with me. Are you serious? Are you saying this is the most fun you've ever had? We're in jail, Carl, Dave, Bubbo. Thanks, this is fantastic. Fantastic. I got to tell you guys, like, I need a new set of friends. And I feel like we got something going on here. I mean, look look at Bobo. He just got his skirts out of his... Inmates, oh, stop, trousers. Stop. Shh, shh, guys, quiet. Here comes the warden. All right, boys. Everybody having a nice time in there? Sure are. How you now doing, do. Frankie? I'm having a great day. Every day is the first day of the last day of the. What are they? What's that saying? Uh, today is the la- the first day of the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. You know, Bubbo, I, I just uh, I wanna I wanna say I'm really inspired by your by your newfound philosophy on. On prison time, you, you've really come around. Yeah, the last no, I of days. just feel like do your time, become a better person, and uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? I got an idea. Do you want to come in? Do you want to have fun with us? Actually, oh yeah, uh, you could come in. With I mean, Bobo really was suggesting good. that. Really? Yeah. yeah. No, we, we thought, oh man, you know what would make this more fun is having Warden Frankie in here. That would make it. Well, well of course. If- you know what? I'm not really supposed to do this, but you know the rules. I trust you guys. You know we 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 can be flexible, can't we? All right, I'm, I'm going to come on in. Oh, here we, here go. we go. And oh, I'm going to close the door though. I hope oh, you guys understand. I, you need to do Clean. that. Oh God. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, what are we what are we playing? At? Oh, I see you're digging an escape tunnel. Yep. He, Wait, already get what three centimeters? Three centimeters. Yeah, three thanks centimeters, to Bobo yeah. toenail. Yeah, That's, I got a big toenail. That is a world record. Well, I'll tell you what, boys. Uh, you can use my billy club. Maybe you can battle at the bricks a little bit and see if that doesn't get you out of here. Up, throw in my hand. Let's straight out. All right. Excuse me, officer. I'm sorry. I have to say this is highly unusual. Hey, Carl two. Oh, Carl, Carl two. one. Sorry. What um? What are you doing? I'm I'm trying to get us. You're arguing with the warden. Well. I mean, he's not following the rules. What rules, man? Who made the rules? If the warden's not making the rules in prison, who's making the rules? Yeah, good point. I'm, I'm left speechless. I, I mean, I agree with them, quite frankly. Uh, I mean, if I'm not making the rules, then who is it? Well, well warden, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, you know what, guys? I think, I think we nailed this. I think for the first time, we really have a good holiday. You know what? 
Hand me that toenail, Bubba. Let's do this thing. <laughs> All right. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for making Bobo alive. That was great. Uh, He's a great dude. I don't know why that was so funny. Bubbo, just all of a sudden your accent switched. Oh, boy. Uh, Thanks for that. Uh, Yeah, well, I I mean, let's see. You know what, now I'm, I'm wondering if with that podcast, because the conversations we're drawing insight from to do the improv are so philosophical, we're going to end up <laughs> in the meta <laughs> level all the time. <laughs> I, I would be curious, like, um, did, because I know that with Blake and I, that's almost one of the reasons we started this whole journey in writing the manifesto is because we found ourselves at a party and we look at each other and be like, all right, how we how can we do to make that party more fun? And we just decided to treat it as an improv. And it changed drastically, entirely the whole paradigm. We had so much fun. A, a lot came out of it. And I'm just I'm just curious, did you ever treat any life situation as I an improv? I haven't. I remember you guys telling yeah? me this story. And I was like, no, I, I haven't. And, I, and like in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, I keep meaning to do that to see <laughs> what it would be like. Um, yeah, I haven't done like that kind of mm. A to A, like, um, but I feel like, yeah, if I'm doing that, it's like, I'm going up to people and like, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> using Bobo, you're just going to yeah, Bobo hey. the shit out of people. You can uh, that. Yeah, that. <laughs> All right. Um, I, yeah, I'd love to do one more scene just for the fun of it. Right. Uh, if anyone has an impetus. Let's cut to, um, a space base. Uh, where three researchers are working on tiny little plants uh, in in little glass with with their you know these, those devices where you put your hands into like gloves and they're just manipulating things and uh, one of them is is really confused. <gasps> Guys, I mean, I, is that? I thought I thought those plants were dying, but like apparently they've just been living. With nothing, in emptiness, and they're still living and growing. Oh, but- you know, they're, they're no, they're living. They're not only living. I mean, they formed relationships. They form relationships? What, yeah, what like, do you mean? If you, if you look carefully uh, here, Doctor Doctor Jones, you'll see uh, these two Venus flytraps. Uh, they're actually French kissing. Yeah. D- are, all right. I, they're, they're, I don't. Do you get it? Yeah. Like they they are living in emptiness. There is nothing. There is no air. There is no food. There is nothing. They're just they're just feeding off of really the their relationships with each other. Like yeah, just the good the, vibes. The, the good, good vibes. vibes. Yeah. Uh, what what Doctor uh, Smithenson here is trying to say is they're living off the good vibes, Doctor Jones. Uh, Thank you, Doctor Henderson. You're welcome. Okay, Doctor Henderson, my, my my dear colleagues, I'm sorry to just 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 go at it, but it, it is impossible. We might have discovered something that's going to change humanity, life I mean, out of nothing. But this isn't. Like, no offense, Dr. Jones. It's just that, like, Dr. Smithenson and I, we stopped eating weeks ago. Yeah. We haven't been eating we've for been, weeks. We've been what? feeding off of vibes for ages. Oh, well, man. A few weeks, yeah. I mean, you know, that's why I insisted Dr. Smithenson bring his acoustic guitar along yeah. on the journey. I need I need that morning wake-up call Bob Dylan, you know? I need that. Yeah, that bo- like a little shelter from the storm. That'll take us through the morning. And yeah, that's. I mean, that's better than a cup of coffee. Wait a minute. Yeah. Did you? And are you the guys who throw all the food of the space base outside? 
I mean, throw. throw. I, I pushed the eject button. Yeah, and I loaded it up. We but... thought it was a, a problem with the, the, the logical system. Like ooh, the, ooh, 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 ooh. Dr. Software. Jones, yeah, Dr. Jones, to, the, the negative vibes are really starting to affect me yeah, here. I need you to chill I, a oh bit. God, I'm getting a bit of a headache. You're crazy. Oh, well, that's Ooh. insulting. Yeah, that's now, I mean, this is, now look, at, I'm starting to get acne. Look what you're doing. Oh, me. look, oh, oh my gee, you look God. like a 19-year-old. Oh, right whoa, don't start you too. Sorry, hey, sorry. Whoa, uh, Dr. Jones, hey. you understand that bad vibes are extraordinarily contagious, and we're in a contained hey, space, so if you don't calm hey, it down. Dr. Henderson, will you, will you just do a little bit of that dance you do? All right. The little stork yeah, dance Yeah, I'm going to need to, all right, Dr. Jones, listen, I need you to just chill. I'm going to do the stork dance. There we go. There we go. Oh, oh there the acne is. Oh my god! Is, yeah, okay, it's, it's coming down, right? Going away. Oh, god, right, it's great. gone. But how is that possible? I have a PhD. I worked all of my life towards science. It's nonsense. Hey, Doctor Jones. Yeah. Here's a rose. Just oh have my it. God, look at that. You can Thank just you. have it. Look. I don't want anything that. for it. Wait a minute. I. I feel warm in my tummy. Yeah, and you're oh, starting yeah. to lose weight. Yeah, it's you look amazing. great. That gray hair fantastic. is just receding. It's yeah. perfect. Oh my god. I'm, I'm I'm having a tan. I'm yeah. starting having a tan. There is no sun. Oh my God, guys, guys, look at that. The Venus flytraps. The one Venus and the one Venus flytrap is down on his knee. He's proposing. Oh my oh God. Oh my God. Oh, it is so oh. cute. Oh, oh man, I feel God. like, oh, look at that. My biceps have just look grown immensely. Oh my God. Just I all look, the good I vibes. Look like a 25-year-old. It's look incredible. Oh my God! Look, and now they're smiling at us. Hey guys! Oh hey! Oh, hey! Is, good luck! Oh, that is yeah. actually beautiful. We'll save the date. Oh. We'll save the date. Oh oh oh! Now, careful, Doctor Jones. You're about to cry from joy. That's a lot of good vibes. That's yeah. maybe a bit too much. You have to. It's got to I mean, be a balance. It's changing my. Stop! Old... Stop! Stop! Too much good vibes. Too much. Oh, oh, yeah, no, oh and, and I have dreadlocks. So Great! Right. Uh, and I've got dreadlocks now. Oh my God, it is so good. It's changing my old. No, Doctor Jones. No one is, is going to so take good. me seriously <laughs> with these oh, dreadlocks. Oh my God! Oh, and look <laughs> at you. Tattoos that are coming. And, oh. oh my God! Oh my God, guys, this is beautiful. Wait, you guys hear that? In the air vents. Careful. Look what you've done, Dr. Jones. You've released reggae music upon us. Oh, my God. We can't stop the reggae music. Do you understand what you've done? You've opened up a vortex of positivity. There's no stopping. The more the music plays, the better we feel. The better we feel, the more the music plays. We are now in danger, Oh, my God. We're going to Benjamin Button right back into the womb. Oh, my God. I'm disappearing. I'm disappearing. Dr. you're freaking out. Now you're disappearing. Look how fast he's going. Look, oh, my God. He's turned back into sperm. Let me be anxious. Let me okay, be anxious. I'm going to save you. No, he's going to dust. Oh, my God. Me too. Oh, oh. No, guys. I'm, I'm going to save you. I'm going to be very anxious right now. No, no, no. Angriness. Angriness. Swing angry. Swing angry. Oh, you're coming back. No. Just, oh, I lost them. Oh, you've taken it too far. Oh. And see. <laughs> that might be one of the dumbest improv scenes I've ever done. I loved it. I actually thought it was really fun. Uh, that I think brings us to the close of this first episode of uh, Improvise So You Make It. Yes, uh, I guess. Thank you very much, Kevin, for being with us. Thank it was amazing. Uh, thanks a million times for being with us, Kevin. Uh, our our mission is to spread the improv mindset, to empower people to become life improvisers, so that together we can build a world in which everyone is excited to play their part. And I think part of that is improv games. So we wanted to uh, see about playing some improv games to close the show off. How do you feel about doing a bit of a mind meld, gentlemen? Sure. Let's yeah. do it. All right. Uh, so whoever's got uh, whoever's got something. 
One. Two. One, One two, two, three. three. Cloud. Speaker and Speaker. cloud. Speaker and cloud. One. Two. One, One two, three. three. God. Jesus. God so and close. Jesus. All right, we're close. Uh... <laughs> One, two, one, one two, two, three. three. Holy, Holy Spirit! Spirit. Oh, yeah! Yeah! That was got it in under three. That's, That's amazing. That's the power of improv. After an hour of podcasting together, look at what happens. Yeah, great. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, that was it. That was fast, yeah. That was amazing. Do you have anything you want to plug? Anything you want to tell tell the world about? Or do you have, like, I mean, you know, anything else that you just want to tell people? You're, you're, you're talking to an audience of about seven humans. I'm, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. All seven of them are my mom, so. <laughs> uh, hey, Blake's mom. I think you did a good job. Um, and we're really proud of the work you did, and we're proud of the work Blake's done. And <laughs> <laughs> wow, Kevin. That's, that's great. Thank you. That's all, uh, all right. Well, then, uh, everyone, we want to say thank you so much for tuning in to Improvise Till You Make It. I'm Blake. I'm Henry. And we're Henry, Henry and, and Blake. Blake. We'll see you next time for more I'm improv Kevin. and uh, improv joy. All yes. right. Thanks very much. See you next week. See you.